Hello, fellow fans. I'm Mark. United with me is my host, the Vanguard Brian. What up, Brian? I don't know what that means. Welcome, everyone, to UWF on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. On the last episode, Brian and I discussed and reviewed some of our favorite holiday films just to get everybody in the Christmas cheer spirit. On this week's episode, Brian and I are going to be reviewing 2023, Where Did It Go, and 2024 to get you excited for it. Now get out your streamers and 2024 hat and glasses as UWF starts now. All right, let's do this one last time. Truth is, I am Iron Man. Football is life. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. X never, ever marks the spot. Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? This is the way. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, chills. Literal chills. Hello, fans, and happy almost New Year. Thank you all for uniting with us all year as we talk about all things fandom. Please give us a rate or review wherever you listen so we can unite with more fans out there in 2024 on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Follow UWF on Facebook, Instagram, X, Twitter to have more fun with us. All right, friends, it's time for UWF to review 2023. We're going to be picking our top five favorite movies, top five favorite shows, breakout performances, what we're looking forward to in 2024 as far as TV and movies, and, of course, music. We're not forgetting you. We'll talk some music as well. Brian... Was this a uh, hard episode for you to come up with, or did you have your list pretty easily? I I think the the difficult thing about it was how easy it came. You know what I mean? There wasn't that many things that I really considered to make the list in really any category. Right. I For me, I was sweating when I thought I had to pick 10 movies, and then you go, no, just your top five. And after that everything was real easy this is our third annual new year's countdown we did it in 2021 we did it in 2022 and in both of those our most anticipated film each year was spider-man across the spider-verse but this year we actually got to see it so that worked out good sure did all right brian well we're gonna start off with our number five favorite movie of 2023 so you talked about it potentially being your top 10 is there anything on the outside looking in that didn't qualify for your top five that you at least want to make sure gets a shout out? Um, I mean, you know, Indiana Jones has its problems, but as an Indiana Jones fan, I had it on my list, but I need some space from it. I rewatch it at home. Um, but I, I don't want to give too much away because then it's going to take away the surprise. But um, shout out to Tetris, the Apple movie. I thought that was really good. Um, shout out to the Kelsey documentary on Amazon. I thought that was really good. Um, the Holdovers, I loved that one. Um, smaller movies like Dumb Money, um, Yogi about Yogi Berra. That I was never great. saw Dumb Money. Was it good? It was really good. Really good. Um, Air, the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie. I know it had some issues and it bombed, but... Um, and then... D&D, I actually really enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons. Was that this so. year? Yeah. Wow. That was like January yep. then. It was. A, it feels like that was like a, an eternity ago. Yep. Well, let's so. start with my number five, and then there's potentially some uh, outside looking in on my list. You didn't mention any of my outside looking in 
You did mention my number five, though. It bombed a bit. I don't care. Air was my number five film of 2023. I thought that that film was super fun just from a nostalgia standpoint. And I love Jordan shoes and everything else. I don't love them so much that I'm in massive debt because of them. But uh, I'm in massive debt for other reasons. But uh, Air, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought Ben Affleck's performance was fun. Matt Damon was good. Just everything about Air I thought was really, really fun. I really liked it. I I really enjoyed it. The rewatchability is great. Um, I'm glad you have it on your list. I, I didn't have any problems with it. I thought it was really well done. Um, and Matt Damon gave a great performance. Patrick Bateman did as well. So Viola Dela- Davis as Michael Jordan's mom. Great job, too. Who? Viola Davis. Davis. No, 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 Davis. No. Two names what? ago, what did you say? Michael Jordan's mom. No. Go back a name. Ben Affleck? Back a name. Patrick Bateman. There, that's it. Who? It's Jason. What is his name? It's Jason Bateman. Oh, I'm thinking of American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shout out to Chris Tucker as well. <laughs> oh, and Marlon Wayans. Man. Yeah, that movie's loaded, man. I thought that movie yeah. was fun. Uh, for, for me, uh, I'm going to go Godzilla minus one. This one actually... It snuck in as I was making the list. It was, okay, I'm going to put this in my top 10. But the more I thought about it, I really enjoyed Godzilla Minus One. So it's in my top five, number five. Man, I still haven't I still haven't had a chance to go see it yet. And I hope by the time this episode comes out, I've seen it. I've heard nothing but incredible things about Godzilla Minus One. Yep. A little different than Godzilla versus Kong 2 that we're getting next year. <sighs> <laughs> I liked the first one okay though. I, I I did too. I did do before I saw this one a Godzilla like the newer movies um marathon. Like the two thousand one that had all the Taco Bell promotion? The Goldblum one? Yeah. No. No. Not the um Goldblum. He wasn't in that. Broadwick. Who? What? Goldblum wasn't in it? No. Oh, okay. You say so. Yeah, Broadwick wow. was in it, that's for sure. Yeah, are you thinking of Hank Azaria? Oh yeah, that is exactly what I'm thinking of. Wow. In my head, Hank Azaria is Jeff Goldblum. No, in that movie. Uh, no, I didn't watch that one honestly because I couldn't find streaming anywhere. So that was the only reason. Um, I, I'm just, I hope the Godzilla <laughs> movies don't kind of turn into the Transformers movies where they get bloated and ridiculous. Well, so. Shia LaBeouf's dad from Transformers One is in Godzilla. He is. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, why did I think Hank Azaria was Jeff Goldblum? I don't know, but I got to who you, and it was great. Who? Thank you. Hmm. Fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yes. okay. So let's break it up. Your number five was Godzilla Minus One. I still haven't seen it. I really want to. But let's do, can we do top five acting performances of 2023? Because I think if I do that first, it'll save a surprise for my list later on. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so your top five acting performances. Are you ready to go? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, you want to talk first? Should I talk first? Um, you know, you went first in the last one. I'll go first. All right. All right. Uh, do you want them all five at once or are we going back and forth? What are, are you feeling? Do you have them ranked five to one? No, I just have performances. Just go all five then. All right. So I have Kamiki from uh, Godzilla minus one. He's the lead actor in it. I think people need to be talking about his performance as a kamikaze pilot who has PTSD and then dealing with his life changing after world war two. I think 
It's a great performance. I don't know how nobody's talking about it. Um, Harrison Ford and Shrinking. I Emmys, I'm disappointed in you and not nominating this man. It is arguably one of his best performances in a long career. So Harrison Ford for Shrinking. Um, Awuji from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I need him to be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Even like just talking about winning, I think he needs to be talked about, at least for a nomination. Forget that it's a comic book movie. Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building. I think he has a strong chance for winning an Emmy. Um, and then Divine for The Holdovers. Beautiful performance as a grieving mom whose son was lost in Vietnam. I also have one from the holdovers. I have Paul Giamatti. I I think uh, I think he was really good in that film too. Mine is just acting okay. performances, not necessarily breakout. Um, we tried to do breakout last year, and all I had was because I wanted yeah. to talk about Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Um, but Paul Giamatti in the holdovers, when he's like, he goes, and you always look at the right eye. <laughs> that that part made me laugh a lot. Um, yep. I think the person that owned the role more than anybody else in all of 2023 was Margot Robbie as Barbie. I don't think anybody quite took on the role and and what it meant to them quite as much. Like she became an absolute national phenomenon because of Barbie. So I think she performed well enough in that role. I also wanted to talk about Barbie some point because it was a massive film from this year. And I'm not going to talk about it another time. I also don't think Ryan Gosling was as great as Ken as everybody else thought. I, uh, I think the role is great. But yeah, Ryan Gosling. I, I Yeah. My next one. James Marsden in Jury Duty. Everything James Marsden did in that film of goes, well, did you buy or did you rent Sonic? He goes, it was on Hulu. Oh, that sucks. Because if you'd have bought it, I'd have gotten a dollar. <laughs> James Marsden dropping the the giant deuce in Ronald's bathroom. Everything about James Marsden when it came to the soaking scene, just everything James Marsden did, that dude rocketed up my favorite actors list because James Marsden and Jury Duty ruled. Everything about Jury show. Duty ruled, but James Marsden made that show. Uh, I yep. also went shrinking, but I went a little more unknown. Harrison Ford, Jason Siegel, I know what to expect from them. I went with Jessica Williams, who played Gabby, the other yeah. the other uh, therapist in that show. She yep. was she was incredible. Liz, the neighbor, was funny. Derek. Her husband. D-Man be the B-Man. Derek is my favorite character on that show. I I absolutely love Shrinking, and it's unbelievable to think about that show coming out in 2023. Um, and my last one is Ray Stevenson in Ahsoka. He played Balin Skull, um, and that character was awesome. Unfortunately, Ray Stevenson passed away earlier this year, so wow. we won't see his portrayal of the character ever again. But I do not think that character is going to go away. Yeah, good choice with Margot Robbie. Um, nobody else could have played that role. So they I tried. They really tried, and I just there was nobody yeah. better for it. No, she was perfect. She nailed every aspect of it. Um, great choice. She'll obviously get a Best Actress nomination. Um, I don't. I don't you think, think she'll she will win? I oh yeah, that's a shoe win. She's gonna get it. She's not gonna win. Interesting, but yeah, I don't know. Am I like? Am I off base? I just don't think Ryan Gosling was that. I think he was just Ryan Gosling. Uh, I think he gave a really good performance. Um, it is not a uh, Rushmore Ryan Gosling performance, but I think he gave a good, memorable performance for what it was. 
Fair enough. All right. Uh, my number four film of 2023 will potentially be continued next year. Maybe not. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I thought Haley Atwell was a great addition to the franchise. Yes. Uh, this has become my favorite a- action franchise without really any debate, <laughs> unless you count Top Gun. Um, but that's not really a franchise. Not yet. Not yet. Um, yeah. But Mission Possible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Haley Atwell fit right in. I thought she was a lot of fun. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, still as good as she was in the last one. Um, adding Mantis, Palm Clementi, if too she was good like that entire that entire scene when you have those four women all playing off of each other adding um rebecca ferguson to the mix and then the main villain and then tom cruise and then the ai version like that scene on the couch in that club is intense absolutely intense i thought that that film was a lot of fun i do think that they marketed it a little too heavy and gave away too many of the good shots like that train falling down and everything like that scene is really cool in the way everything in the inside of the train reacts. I just wish I hadn't seen them floating in midair in the in the trailer. I understand why you had to market the dirt bike off yeah. the cliff thing, but just hold a little more back when it comes to Dead Reckoning Part Two. But I really liked Mission Impossible Part Seven, Part One. I I love this movie. I think it does. They need to call it Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, and then have the next one. But see, Brian and I, I had this conversation. Reckoning. Get dead. Um, I had this conversation. A lot of people's thing that they had an issue with with across the Spider Verse was they didn't know it was a part two, or sorry, a, like a, yeah, they didn't know be, it was part and, one uh, of part. Yeah, yeah, they didn't know that, so they felt that kind of hurt it. And of course, me being, I'm like, how did you not know it was going to end? Um. So Mission Impossible said, all right, we're going to let you know this is a part one of part two. And that movie didn't do as well. So I I was just like. It got swallowed by Barbenheimer. Yeah. Had it come out in August, it would have been a huge hit, I think. Um, But, uh, oh, speaking of Across Spider-Verse, shout out to uh, Haley Steinfeld for her Gwen Stacy. Speaking of performances for an animated movie, I thought she was great. So, yep. my number four is going to be still a Michael J. Fox movie. Um, it's kind of like a documentary about his Parkinson's disease and his life. And it on, interchanged- Apple, on Apple TV, correct? Yes. And it interchanged um, clips like they recreated clips from like Back to the Future and other movies. And it was beautifully done while also um, dealing with a message and his foundation. It's a very personal matter to me, but I loved it. Please check it out. It is a very well done documentary, especially if you're a fan of Michael Jackson or Michael J. Fox. Maybe the J stands for Jackson. Michael Jackson Fox. I don't think it does, but (laughs) I don't think so either. So, yeah, that's my number four. I am going to find out what the J stands for. Do it. Because now we're all wondering. Oh, wondering. Okay, take a guess what Michael J. Fox stands for. Joseph. You're never going to get it because it's Michael Andrew Fox. <laughs> the day, what the did J they address is, that the J in the documentary? Is, the J is just a, a stage name, apparently. Yeah, they addressed it to help him stand out or something like that. 
my, I go to Google, what does the J stand for? Michael J. Fox. And it comes up with Michael Andrew Fox. Fascinating. So it's not a Homer J. Simpson situation? Well, J, J is J, though. J-A-Y. J. I remember so that Homer episode of J. The Simpsons. Simpson. Okay. Uh, breaking up the film performances, let's talk about our top television shows of the year. Technically top five. I've got seven written down. I'm going to go with Loki. Again, at seven, I have Loki because, again, I think that that show really well done. Love the cap that it put on the character. But I think that that show was really guilty of talking at you and not talking with you. I think it was just giving you a lot of information to just give you sciencey mumbo jumbo that it actually didn't make a lot of sense. Number six, I have The Bear. Watch the sixth episode of season two of The Bear. Absolutely star-studded. Bob Odenkirk. Uh, spoilers. Jamie Lee Curtis, all kinds of people. Well, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm just saying they're in it. Number five, I have The Last of Us. I think Pedro Pascal is brilliant in that show. I'm not a gigantic fan of Bella Ramsey, though I do think she was good in this particular role. I think she's a little bit one-dimensional at times, but I think the opening episode of of that show, I mean, there's I don't know if there's ever been a truer adaptation to a video game because they had the time to do it. I don't know what's going to happen with season two. If they follow the second game, then I'm worried for reasons. Number four, (laughs) Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka was everything that I wanted the Mandalorian season three to be without the clutter that came with the drama that was the Mandalorian season three, which I don't have on my list of shows of 2023, which is an upset for a lot of people. Number three, I have Shrinking. We've talked many, many times on this show how good Shrinking is. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Harrison Ford talking about raw dogging, if nothing else. Number two, I have Jury Duty. Uh, Todd and his chair pants. James Marsden, I already talked about how much I loved him. And number one, is there ever any question what I have? Of course, the answer is Secret Invasion. Of course, it's not, not Secret Invasion. The actual answer, the actual answer is, of course, it's Ted Lasso season three. That was the best show of 2023. I'm, I was not even going to acknowledge you on Come that, on, man. I went for the Secret Invasion joke. The worst thing in the MCU. I only said it before you. That's why I wanted to make sure that my shows were out there because I feel like I stole your thunder. Actually, we didn't. I was surprised. Okay, so Loki, Ahsoka, and Mando made my top 10 um they did not make my top seven so they were um, eight through ten then so from ted lasso obviously it's on it yeah. love ted lasso love how they ended it it, it had some some issues it wasn't perfect but i still love it um only murders i loved this season i think it was great I think it refreshed the show, the performances elevated, um, shrinking. I, I can't say enough about this show. I love shrinking. Um, next up for me is a limited series that was on Netflix and I was hooked on it and I've rewatched it a couple of times. The David Beckham limited series. <laughs> you all can judge away, but I loved it. Um, 
I don't I don't know the rewatchability factor. I thought it was good, but I didn't I don't see a ton of rewatchability factor in it. That's interesting. I, I have so much. I, I can't explain it. It's become a comfort show. I don't know how. Um number five was hard for me, Brian, because it came down to either Welcome to Wrexham or Jury Duty. Um and I think I'm gonna go jury duty because every episode I was excited to watch. Welcome to Wrexham. There was a couple episodes where I drifted in and out of parts of it. So I'm going to go jury duty. Number five. Ronald just signed with Amazon studios. I saw good for him. Yeah. Don't ruin it. Ronald, you need to watch yep. the bear on Hulu. I know. I, especially now that to... you can watch it on Disney plus. Oh yeah. Brian brought up a uh, great points about Hulu on Disney plus on our last episodes. One of our last episodes. Um, but I know I need to watch the bear. I know it's, it's going to happen. It's good. It's good. It's, it's weird. Good. Like you, you just, you're, you, you get through the show going, why did I like, like nothing happened yet a lot happened and you can, and, and you can learn from Richie who is played by, um, somebody, Ebon Moss. I'm I'm butchering his name at the moment, but he's supposed to he's supposedly already been cast as Ben Grimm in the Fantastic Four. Saw that. Um, so that would be good. Um, I'm eventually gonna get his name, Ebon Moss Backrack. <laughs> so um, that's why I didn't get it. But he plays Richie. I actually hated Richie in the Bear, but you come around to Richie, they do a good job. There's one episode in season one that's like 24 minutes, entire one shot. The whole episode was filmed in one take. And the way they pull it off is absolutely incredible. Like the cinematography around the show, so much cool stuff happens. And you're like 12 minutes into this episode of The Bear, and then you're like, they haven't cut once. And then you learn more about the trivia of the show. Like they literally filmed a 24-minute, and the way that entire episode plays out, the amount of drama and moving parts to that episode, the fact that they did it in one take, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Watch it. I mean, Brian, for you listeners out there, Brian is great when it comes to recommendations for me. If he had like his own little slot at the video store, I mean, I age myself, I don't care. Brian's weekly picks, Brian would have been a winner for me. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's it. what this I'm podcast excited. is, right? True. I, I mean, I love drinking. I love cooking stuff like Chef from John Favreau and like even his show and burnt with um, Bradley Cooper. So I love Chef stuff. So I'll watch it. Dude, the bear is right up your alley. You're going to love it. Uh, getting back to movies, number three, I'm going to just go ahead and say it because for me, it's mission impossible, um, dead reckoning. So I didn't expect you to have it. That's surprising. I loved that movie. I saw it twice in theaters. It was exciting. Um, I love the mission impossible movies. It's a crime that we haven't done an episode on mission impossible yet. Well, we tried and then, yeah, like the fact is like July was just a bad time for that movie to come out for United. We fan, let alone. Yeah. IMAX screens available and everything else. Brian, for our listeners, uh, can you rank um, in order these uh, action hero franchises? Um, John Wick, Jason Bourne, Ethan Hunt, and James Bond. So I'm going to take the out right now and say they're not currently making Jason Bourne films, which is why I can say that Mission Impossible is my favorite actively running action franchise week. Uh, okay, fine. One, He's my number one, one is born. One is Jason born. 
Really? I love. Are you counting the Jeremy Rayner one? I am not. Okay. I am counting specifically the Born Identity and the Born Ultimatum and the Born Supremacy. Only those three. I did those in the wrong order, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, love those movies. Speaking of, did you see Julia Stiles on Saturday Night Live? No. Why? She. You. You brought up Born Identity and Julia Stiles was in that movie. Yeah. She reprised her role from So You Think You Can or No uh, Save the Last Dance on Wow Saturday Night Live very recently. She's still got the moves. Check it out. Um, you seen Jojo shout out. <laughs> uh, what was it? okay? So it was, I'm gonna go one born, two Mission Impossible, three Bond. What was the other one? John Wick. I'd go three John Wick, four Bond. Um, I do born, not anticipate the release of a James Bond film anymore. Bonds or sorry, born is number four for me. Um, I, for me, it goes Mission Impossible, John Wick. Bond, then Born. Born's got the least amount of films, barely now at this point. I mean, technically, Born has the same amount as John Wick. But if you could tell me I could watch John Wick 5 or Jason Bourne 5 with Matt Damon coming back to the role, I would choose Born every day. There's rumors. There There's is rumors. a lot He's of working rumors. working on it. Yeah. There's a lot of rumors. Yeah, true. So, Brian, what's your number three? My number three, I expect you're going to talk about it in a bit, so I won't say too, too much about it, but I think the way they pulled off from start to finish the amount of drama and editing and everything that happened, Oppenheimer is a near-perfect film for me. It just didn't have the emotional attachment. Do you think it's a lock for any Oscars? For wins? Any wins? Uh, adapted screenplay? Mm-hmm. Um, directing, mm-hmm. and I think it's got a good shot at best picture, but I I don't know for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with those two are the biggest quote unquote locks in my opinion. I don't think Killian Murphy will, will win best actor. No, uh, I I I and my biggest dream coming out of Oppenheimer is supporting actor Robert Downey Jr. He definitely deserves a nomination, and I would. Uh, can you imagine Ryan, Robert Downey Jr. versus Ryan Gosling for uh, best supporting actor in Barbie? In Barbie and Oppenheimer, I I think I, I to me that's not even close. But I also enjoyed yeah. Oppenheimer significantly more than Barbie. So, um, no Oppenheimer, dude, that movie's awesome, and it's back in theaters if you wanted to go see it. I uh, honestly, I'm really tempted. I got some free time, so I was going to maybe go catch that one more time. Um, <clears throat> and because um, honestly, with A-list, it's cheaper than owning it. Um, and yeah, so I probably will. Again, it's my favorite film of the year without any emotional attachment to it. So that's your number three. It is my number three. Okay. And when you know what the other two are, you'll know why. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Well, we're gonna switch things up. Wait, we already oh, did. No, you break- did give us your number three. I apologize. Okay. Well, we already did our breakout performances, favorite performances, and TVs for this year. Brian, let's look ahead to twenty twenty four. Um, I, I will admit, but we can't um, look ahead. We can't look ahead to twenty twenty four without hearing from our sponsors. Hey guys, Diz Life Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Shipping Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. 
Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. All right, Brian, it's time to pick out our top five TV programs we're excited for in 2024. What are your top five? So mine is very Disney plus heavy um, because I, I mean, Stranger Things season five is going to start filming in January uh, is apparent potential news. Um, oh, I about that. So that's going to be 2025 House of the Dragon. Does that come out in 24? I thought season one was really good. I think Matt Smith is really fun in that particular role. So I'm actually going to put House of the Dragon in there. Um, X-Men 97 also gets a uh, honorable mention. Um, but I'm going to go. I know we're getting more episodes in 2024, including its first full-length 28-minute episode. Bluey is coming back in 2024. I'm absolutely going to include Bluey. It's my most anticipated TV show of 2024. Love that show. Daredevil Born Again. Um, at this point, still coming out in 2024. We have Echo coming out, five-episode premiere, all at the same time on January 10th. So look forward to that. Mark, by the time this episode comes out, I want to ask, what do you think your reaction is going to be to the first, I think, two episodes of Percy Jackson and the Olympians? Or so originally, what is your anticipation for Percy Jackson? Because we're recording this before it came out. Percy Jackson was going to be um, on my 2025 list. And then I saw, or sorry, 2024 list. And then I saw, oh, wait, we're getting episodes this month. Um, so glad I checked that. Uh, I think the ep- first episode is going to blow everyone away. Um, and then I think there'll be a, a soft landing for the second episode following up it's just so hard to follow up a great pilot episode but i think it's it's going to be what we all wanted it to be it'll be uh game of Thrones for kids on disney plus it premieres december 20th on disney plus so by the time you're hearing this you've already had an episode or a, a chance it's premiering actually with two episodes with the third one on the last Wednesday of December. So, and the final episode of season one will be the final day of January, 2024. Uh, so echo comes out, uh, January 10th. That's going to be the first of what they're calling the Marvel spotlight series, which is going to be more grounded stories that are basically their way of saying limited series now because of everything that you have echo on your top five. No, I have daredevil born again on my top five, but, Echo oh. Echo is going to be a prequel to Daredevil Born Again. Um, we're anticipating this coming out at the Halloween season. Agatha Darkhold Diaries. Basically, the way they're continuing WandaVision without continuing WandaVision. I love the character of Agatha Harkness. Um, there's rumors now that Star Wars Skeleton Crew actually isn't going to come out until holiday of 2024. So we've almost got a full year before that one comes out. But it's going to continue the story kind of like Stranger Things in... The Star Wars universe, it it is very, very possible that Jason Sindula from Ahsoka is going to be one of the kids in 
skeleton crew, but that is just pure speculation at this point. In my number one returning show of 2024, we haven't got new episodes in several years. Phineas and Ferb coming back in 2024. You're such a dad. Yep. Bluey, Phineas and Ferb and Daredevil and X-Men 97. X-Men 97. I'm really excited for. It's, um, it's bringing back one of the greatest TV show themes of all time. And if you like TV show theme songs, stick with us here at United We Fan because we've got a whole bracket that's coming at some point in the next few weeks. Um, good list. I I have only murders, which is coming back. I'm excited to see where they go. We know I love that show. Daredevil, of course, is on my list. Um, the boys, they're coming back. Yeah, 2024. Yeah, did you see that? Tra- um, did you see the trailer for season four? Yeah. I I still need to watch. What is it? Gen V. Um, Dude, I, Gen V is nuts, and you do want to watch it before season four because it is going to affect the events of season four. Let's just leave it at that. But is it Jeffrey Dean Morgan that was in? I know he was the patient in Grey's Anatomy that fell in love with the one, but he was also in. He was Negan in. The Walking God, Dead. That's what anyway, you know him from yeah, Walking Dead. What do you know Jeffrey Super, Dean Morgan from? Supernatural, Walking Dead, uh, Batman versus Superman. Wait, is um, he like the, the Watchmen? Other, is he the main other guy in Supernatural? So it's him and he was their dad. He was the Winchester dad. Oh, he was the dad. Okay. Because Jensen Ackles is also from Supernatural, and he yes. was in the Boys season three. Spoiler alert: He can't really be in season four, but he was in Gen V for a brief minute. Ooh, all right. All right. Well, now I need to add two shows to my list of to watch ASAP. Um, so I got the boys, Daredevil Only Murders. I have the Acolyte. I'm how do you not have a Star Wars show? Well, I don't think it's coming. I do have I have Skeleton Crew. Uh I don't know if the Acolyte there's a lot of rumors that the Acolyte was canceled for a while and now it's not canceled. Uh, I don't think it's gonna come out next year. That's the only reason I don't have it. Okay. That's a good point. Um, and then next up for me on Apple, I have Masters of the Air from Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, the guys who brought us Band of Brothers and Pacific. So I'm excited for Masters of the Air starring, uh, what's his name? Butler played Elvis. So oh, I'm Austin Butler. Yeah. I heard luckily Butler lost and I, thought Ger- I thought Gerard Butler. That yeah. would have been, that'd be a very different show. <laughs> this is Masters of the Air. Gladiator 2 comes out next year. We haven't talked about 2024 films yet, but spoiler alert, I do not have Gladiator 2. One more honorable mention for TV shows in 2024 neither of us mentioned, but a lot of people are excited about is the live-action adaptation to Avatar The Last Airbender. I Once I heard they got rid of like the original makers of the show and all that, that's when I started losing steam on that one. Well, a lot of people are really happy about the trailer, so... I know, I know. I it's mean, least, it's no it's, M. Night Shyamalan movie, but it's fine. As I say, nothing can be worse than the uh, original <laughs> live-action adaptation. Look, the score for that movie is beautiful. James Newton Howard, shout out. And in breaking news, we did hear recently that we are going to get... It's no longer called Spider-Man Freshman Year. What's it called now? Spider-Man... Friendly Neighborhood. Friendly Spider-Man. Neighborhood Spider-Man. It takes place in some sort of Spider-Man multiverse. We don't know anything other than... I think, did they originally say Tom Holland was going to voice the character? Maybe that's not even true anymore. They, it was still undecided. I think with the whole like Sony Disney agreement, 
who knows? They might get the same voice actor who did it for What If, which, by the way, the new preview for that has me so excited. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, by the time you're hearing this, seven of the nine episodes are available. Um, so go watch What If Season 2. Um, so that's another honorable mention for shows coming out in 2021, along with X-Men 97, of course, which we already talked about. But Mark, before we get to our top film of the year, our top two films of the year, I suppose, um, I want to hear what you think was the album of the year and the Mark Grammy Awards. What wins song of the year? What wins album of the year? Um, Song of the year, my favorite. It, it it was the Beatles now and then I love that song. Is that new? Uh, yeah, it came out this year. The Beatles are still releasing music. I just, man, I don't get you. Um, so they came out with a song this year. Are you serious? You didn't know about this? No clue. Are you giving me a hard time? Are you giving me a hard I time? I genuinely had no idea. One of them's dead. Two of them are dead, Brian. Two of them are dead. I mean that with so, all due respect. God. All right. So John Lennon um, wrote a song and tried to make it work, had an idea for it. Uh, to I did know of, about this. Yes, I did know about this. Okay. But go it's ahead and educate Disney our audience. Plus. Yeah, go ahead and educate our audience. Anyways, so Yoko, one of the nice things she did nice thing she did for the band um gave the tape to george uh ringo and paul um they tried to make it work didn't really work well so time passed by sadly george we lost george and then peter jackson made the get back um three-part series brilliant watch it um and paul and ringo Paul and Ringo were like, hey, we think you can do something great with John's recordings. So cleaned it up, fixed it. They made it a real song, and it is billed as the last Beatles song. I was scared to listen to it for a couple of days because what if it didn't live up to the hype? What if it was okay? What if it didn't sound like a Beatles song? And it does. And then the music video gave me so much nostalgia. So many chills. Does it count as nostalgia if you weren't alive during the original Beatles run? You're not that old. I can still have it gave me I don't I don't know it gave me chills seeing um <laughs> footage of like John and George and even like like younger Ringo and Paul put into the music video and them interacting with each other it gave me emotions Brian Are you one of those people that refer to band members as their first name or is that just result, is that reserved specifically for the Beatles it's the Beatles, John, Paul, George. Well, I mean, Ringo is not his real name, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> All right, fair. So that'll be my favorite song of the year. Um, favorite album, uh, Swifties out there. That album uh, was pretty great. Uh, I will admit it. I listened to it quite a bit, but uh, Boo Fighters, I had that one on a lot. Um, came out after Taylor, the first album after Taylor's passing. Um so who uh, fighters for me, but you know me, Brian, I'm a big music score fan and my two favorite scores of the year has to be uh, across the spider verse, which I hope wins the Oscar and Oppenheimer. I love both of those scores. Which Taylor Swift album came out this year? 
Midnight. Okay. So 1989 Taylor's version doesn't count as an album necessarily. So, oh my God. I mean, I know, right, I know, so before, I know some of the Scooter Braun stuff. Like I do understand that, but does that count yeah. as a new album for you? Was it even in the running? Um, I, is 1989 my favorite? I think, no, I think red is my favorite. Um, so I mean, as we're saying this five of her albums are on the top or in the top 10 billboard which only Prince has done. Um, so that's insane. I know. Right. Um, I think she's cleaned it up. I would consider it more of a reissue than a new album. Um, Swifties out there. If you'd like to talk to us, please keep it friendly. <laughs> I like Taylor Swift, Brian, Brian. I'm not anti Taylor music. Swift. I just don't know. Like Taylor Swift's best album is fearless. Fight me. I, I red is my favorite. What is her best? Nineteen nine is pretty good. Um, Lover is probably my least favorite. Uh, yeah, Lover is my least favorite. Everything she does is perfect. Everything she does is awesome. Everything she does. Well, she did help uh, the Kelsey brother get rid of that mustache, the Maverick mustache. <laughs> so that was pretty good. Uh, short and sweet for me my album and song of the year both share a title it is one more time blink 182 that album start to finish absolutely fantastic i saw blink in july absolutely great concert i already have tickets Shout out to listener Anthony and Sarah and Ryan. We all have tickets to go see the One More Time Tour in St. Louis next summer. Very excited. Woo. Congrats. That is definitely a great album to listen to. I need to revisit that one. All right, check that out when it first came out. I need to go back to it. Good choice. Your number two film of 2023. Uh, my number two. Number two. Actually, this was a lot harder for me to do, but my number two is Oppenheimer. I, I remember going in there going, Mr. Nolan kind of like has disappointed me with like, well, you and I both ranked it as like the number four of four of anticipated releases that month. Yep. I, I mean, just with Dunkirk interstellar, I was like, and tenant was okay. I, I had kind of cooled down and that movie blew me away um in a just i i it it could have been my number one very easily so oppenheimer number two yep sounds like for we're gonna have the same number one film more than likely uh my number two film of 2023 was guardians of the galaxy volume three i loved guardians of the galaxy films go ahead i had that in my number i had that in my top 10 so I love the Guardians of the Galaxy films. I love uh, you talked about Chuck Woody Iwuji, who played uh, um, the High Evolutionary. Everything in that film. There's nothing about that film that should work. There's nothing about that entire franchise that should work, to be honest. <laughs> and everything, everything works. The fact that James Gunn was actually able to subvert our expectations, expecting at least one person, uh, at least Rocket, to die, and for not a single person. I mean, it's been eight months now i'm allowed to say this nobody yes. died like nobody and that's that's unreal how he pulled that off 
and yet he gave everybody a happy ending where if we never see them again, except for the obvious tease of Star-Lord will return, um, that if they never show up again, then we're all totally fine with it. So I I think the High Evolutionary has potential to pop back up again at some point, but James Gunn is now tied up in DC, and he's going to be tied up in DC forever. He has a lot of the same people that work for him. Uh, like he just cast James Gunn, his brother, or Sean Gunn, his brother Sean Gunn. in... Uh, in the DC universe, like all these guys are going to eventually probably work with him. Chuck Woody, Iwuji already was in Peacemaker um, as the leader of the butterflies. Like yep. there's just so many things about that film that shouldn't work. And yet I'm emotional when an otter with robot arms and a mm -hmm. raccoon who has a dirty mouth and guns are reuniting at King's cross station in the afterlife. Like everything about it just shouldn't work. And it's, it's, it's a, I love that film so much. I don't even care that much about the beastie boys, but no sleep till Brooklyn. I don't care that much about that song, but that two minute scene where it's all just one shot all the way through that entire fight in that hallway. I love it. I love guardians of the galaxy volume three. I, I will, I know they came out with the short list for, visual effects Oscar nominations somehow Ant-Man made it. Um, really? I love it for, yeah, people were upset because Oppenheimer didn't make it. Um, I think guardians arguably should win because people felt an emotional connection to CGI animals and like were invested in what happened to them. That right there, I think is arguably why it should win. Yeah, Ant-Man, yeah, no. Uh, but I also don't think Oppenheimer should. I mean, the entire premise of Oppenheimer was the fact that they used less visual effects than you would think. So yes. I can understand that not being included. Yep. But yeah, no, Guardians is my number two. Your number two was Oppenheimer. Let's talk about our top five most anticipated films for 2024 before we both wax poetic on the same film at number one. But before we do any of that, let's hear from our sponsors. Is Disney World home to you? Realtor Victor Naraki can help make it a reality. Realtor Victor Naraki specializes in making your Disney home dreams come true. Second homes, investment homes, retirement, relocation. With Victor's input, he will show you the home opportunities that you don't get to see as a tourist. Imagine being at the park in minutes, walking around the world showcase for daily exercise watching the fireworks in your own backyard or having Disney Springs as your local mall. Have you ever heard of Windermere, Winter Garden, Horizon West, Dr. Phillips, Claremont, Lake Nona, or Disney's own celebration and Golden Oak? Victor will introduce you to these communities which are just minutes to the magic. Stop imagining a Disney life and start living your dream today. Call Victor at 407-340-9375 and don't forget to mention that you heard all about Victor here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Head over to CelebratingFlorida.com and start living your magical life today. Brian, I so this was I looked over the list for next year and it, I saw what was tough. canceled. It's tough. And pushed back. Uh, do you mind going first? Because I'm hoping you bring up something that makes me go, oh, yeah, how do I not have that on my list? Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to start with the first one because I think it has potential to be something, 
that could be really fun. I also think it has potential to be taken over by some weird TikTok algorithm. I'm going to Mark, do you know who Ellie Conway is? Do you know this name? Do you know this conspiracy theory? No. There's a movie coming out starring Bryce Dallas Howard, starring Henry Cavill. Oh, yeah. Many, many other film people. The film is called yep. Argyle. Yeah. Comes out February 2nd. The yeah. premise of the movie is, and I was I was excited about this film. Like, to say excited might not be the right word, but I think this film has potential. The premise of the movie is Bryce Dallas Howard is an author of a romantic adventure novel around secret agent Argyle or special agent Argyle turns out that it turns out to be a, a true person. And she, they think she can predict the future because she's telling stories that are real life stories. I don't know exactly the entire premise, but I learned recently it's based off of a book written by an author named Ellie Conway. Do you, you don't know this conspiracy theory whatsoever. I, I mean, I know I'm really excited for the movie. I have no idea what you're talking about though. If you search on TikTok or on the internet, Ellie Conway, you can find yourself down quite the rabbit hole that Ellie Con Conway is not a real person whatsoever. And the true Ellie Conway is a way that a person could write a book and know that they could sell a fiction novel without actually with, with knowing that it's a good book and not being sold by their name because Ellie Conway is actually Taylor Swift. that she's the author of this book and there's people out there that believe this to be the case. And I don't know what to believe. This could be just a full blown internet conspiracy, but if Taylor Swift truly is the author of this book and somehow that comes out, this Argyle could also be taken over and none of us can do anything about it. I don't know if it's going to be a good movie or not. It's a very new book written by this author who nobody has ever met. I I'm not making any of this up, but that's where we're at. But I have Argyle on my list of anticipated films. I'm just going to kind of go in, in chronological order of when they come out. I like Henry Cavill. I like Henry Cavill a lot. I like Bryce Dallas Howard. So I'm excited for the movie. Sam Rockwell's in it. Yeah. I love Sam Rockwell. I don't know. Mark, it's December. How do you have a thunderstorm going on right now? I know. Listeners at home, I'm trying to like mute it off and on while Brian is talking and I'm talking so that you don't hear the rum run going outside, but it's rumbling real bad. I hope I'm onto something with this Ellie Conway thing because I found myself in a weird friggin' internet rabbit hole that this you person is Taylor really Swift. really dark rabbit hole, my friend. I but thought we lost you there for you're, a second. You're going you're gonna to look it up and you're going to see I'm not as insane I don't know. TikTok can convince me of a lot of things, but I'm scared. Can't. Next on my sequential list would be June 14th. Inside out Two. very excited for that one. Uh, July 26th, Deadpool three. Uh, Ryan Reynolds put out recently that predator and Mickey mouse are both in the film. Uh, that guy knows how to run the internet, man. Just absolutely perfect. Uh, the next release, I don't expect this one to hold, but I put it on here because it's still holding there. September 6th, Beetlejuice 2. It could be very, very bad. It probably will be very, very bad, but I will still go see it. And then I'm going to actually throw on my list number five, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, December 20th. 
I think Shadow. Yeah. I think Shadow's a fun character, and I probably didn't help you at all with your anticipated films. I know. Um, I got Deadpool three on there. Um, I have Beetlejuice two on there. Um, for a surprise, I have the Bob Marley movie One Love. I think the preview is a great preview, and I'm excited for it. Do you remember when the preview came out? Though we were in like week two of Secret Invasion. So we were supposed to take this guy super seriously as an ultimate villain when on the other side we go to see a movie in theaters and it's Bob Marley is the ultimate threat to the universe in Secret Invasion. That was that was, was like red flag number one. He was also a Ken. He was a Ken, that's right. Yeah. Um, I have Ferocia, for Furiosa, sorry, <laughs> Furiosa, the Mad Who? Max. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the Mad Max movie. I know the preview. I, people were blown away by it. I, I had like I wasn't. I didn't think it was really that. I mean, it looked like a Mad Max film. Like I didn't know what yeah. people expected to see. So uh, I'm excited for it. I it made me go back and rewatch Mad Max Fury Road, and it's so good. Um, next up for I guess my number five. I I put Ghostbusters. Um, frozen ever after on there <laughs> I, um, think it's, I think it's frozen empire whatever Elsa's back she's pissed <laughs> um but i like i said that preview didn't really do much for me argyle the preview did way more for me and i love the filmmakers so i could have gone back and forth between ghostbusters frozen ever after and um argyle but i brian i gotta say i was really disappointed by the movie slate for next year. Writers, so. writers and actors strike, man. I know. All right, let's move on to number one. Mark, we are recording this before this movie came out, but we both know that our number one film for the year is going to be Aquaman and the Lost Empire. What's it called? Uh, Aquaman, um, Kindergarten Cop. Aquaman. Aquaman and, and the Lost Kingdom. I was close. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It's going to be our number one. We both know it. Aquaman Adventures and Babysitting. Spoiler alert. When you say, why didn't we review Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on United We Fan? One, because December's really busy. Two, this movie does not require anything with yeah. us to talk about it. Uh, my number uh, one film of 2023, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yep. Agreed. Um, I hope... I mean, it's been winning best animated film throughout critics already. Um, I think it definitely deserves to be nominated for best picture. Um, I, I don't see how you can say it is not one of the 10 best pictures of the year. Um, I don't think it'll win, but it'll definitely win best animated. Yeah. At this point, like it's, it's going to win best animated. I'm holding out for uh, a nomination in best picture. That's what I'm holding out for. Everything about that film had no business being as good as the first film was, yet it followed up everything that was good about the first film from an animation standpoint, and then they introduced something like 400 different new spider characters, the entire spider society, and just the amount of Easter eggs in there from Peter Parkcar to Peter Sor Petersaurus, like, like you have a, you have a spider woman wearing a hijab, like just all the different things that they were able to put in. If you Whatever walk of life you find yourself in, you can find your own Spider-Man to fall to 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 represent you. Like that was really really cool. There was a <laughs> there was a Canadian one carrying a hockey stick. Like 
just all the Easter eggs in that film were incredible. But even if you're not a Spider-Man fan, if you're just following the story along and everything, they took everything from the first film, built it out to follow up that story, focused a lot more on Gwen, which was a really compelling character from the first film. As we're building it out, we're going to take what worked in the second film. We're going to take what worked in the first film, put all those characters together, go back and save Miles. Just it, it it does multiversing better than any film has even thought of doing multiversing. I I mean, we did a review episode on it for a reason because we just had so much to talk about. And we loved it. And thank you to um, our listeners. It was our number one episode of 2023. Yes. Thank you all for that. Um, and, you know, if you want to hear more play by play reviews from us, check us out on Instagram and X Twitter. We'll try to get more of our thoughts out there. But I also hope it wins the Oscar for best score. I'd be really happy with that. Um, I, I love the score for Oppenheimer, but I think Across the Spider-Verse is the best score of the year. I think that's it then. We counted down to our new year. Happy New Year, Mark. Happy New Year, listeners. Thank you for joining us in 2023. We gave you a lot, and we hope you enjoyed all of it. But fear not. We have a lot more to come in 2024. Well, that concludes the final episode of UWF 2023. We thank you, fellow fans, for uniting with us here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Brian, thank you for being my partner for another great year. It was a blast. I appreciate you. Mark, do you have any New Year's resolutions that are podcast-worthy? Um, Let's see. That we get enough listeners to be asked to come do live episode at fan conventions. Brian, I would love to talk to you. Um, keep working on my health, go see more baseball games and keep creating with Brian and other friends and members of the chip and company podcast network. That'd be fun. All worthy inclusions. How about the Brian? Any, uh, no, my task. Number one is to get settled into this new house that I'm in the process of moving into right now as we speak. Good one. Good one. Houses are good. Houses are good. Go ahead and crash housing market. I need you to crash. All right. For all you fans out there who want to stay in touch and up to date on everything fun UWF, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, X, Twitter. We would love to hear from you. And if you want to stay up to date on all of our reviews, they're there as well. Thank you again. And listen to us wherever you check out your podcast. Till we unite again, fans. Happy 2023 and have a better 2024. On behalf of UWF. Are you talking about Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve?